first, our top story jumps back to Washington, D.C., where the FMCSA has outlined tighter regulations in order to cut down on brokerage fraud. In a new rule, Washington correspondent John Gallagher has been following this story and joins us now. John, five areas that the FMCSA kind of tightening things up on brokers financially in terms of making sure they're staying on the uh, straight and narrow, if you will. We don't have to have to go through all five, but what, what struck you uh, as you went through these and, and, uh, and maybe what's the, the most uh, made the biggest impression on you? Yeah, well, and the, and the whole purpose of it is um, to kind of tighten the rules on brokers, but also it, ad- it addresses the uh, the bondholders as well. The, those are the ones yep. where the broker has to have this $75,000 uh, $75, kind of backup surety bond in cases where they get these claims against them. So it kind of tightens, it kind of tightens, uh, it, it addresses the, the, the uh, bondholders as well in terms of infor- uh, the the, the bond providers as well in terms of the enforcement. But so, uh, I mean, the, the one in terms of the, I, I guess the, the, one of the biggest ones is the, um, of the five, it called this area of called assets readily available. So these trust funds have to be able to be liquidated um, quickly in order to pay carriers in cases where they have claims against the brokers. So it used to be that um, they could the these trust funds in, included in the trust funds could be things like um, uh, stocks and bonds and, and, and real estate, um, but because that that stuff's not readily or yeah not liquidable I guess is the word um, or ready and available to to into cash to pay these carriers, they the FMCSA is basically saying that it has to be either it, these bonds have to be backed up by either cash, um, what some, some uh, irrevocable letters of credit, or um, and it has to be fe- those letters of credit have to be federally um, insured by a by an institution or or treasury bonds. So, so they, they're 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 figuring that you know being able to be more liquid will will help in this situation. Another. Um, is um, where they're getting more oversight in how a broker's operating authority will be suspended if they if they can't pay. So this is more sort of the um, enforcement oversight. So w- when these bond when these um, securities fall below seventy five thousand um, dollars due to claims, FMCSA is going to issue a notification of suspension of operating authority to the broker or, or the or, or the freight forwarder. Um, if they if they don't replenish the funds within seven days after an initial notice from FMCSA, so that, again that's another sort of stopgap measure to get ahead of things before you know the broker just kind of goes out of business with no ability with no ability to pay. Um, and 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 also just for in terms of the responsibility of the surety, the the trustee that the ones that are providing these bonds, if they become aware that a broker. Uh, is going, you know, as having financial issues and, and, and risking failure or insolvency, they've got they've got to notify the FMCSA and initiate initiate a cancellation, uh, what's called an initiation, a, a cancellation of financial responsibility. Um, so, so again, another stop get me- measure to, to prevent things from going too far before the the, the broker just uh, fails and leaves and. And, and, and those pen, they also issued penalties for those if if the surety bond uh, uh, holder does not um, make these notifications in a timely way, they, they get dinged um, almost like I think it's thirteen thousand dollars 
in civil pen- penalties for each of those violations of not of you know not notifying in time, a- and they'll be um, suspended from or yeah suspended from operating for, for providing surety bonds to brokers for for three years. Um, so those are some. So those are, those are among the the, the 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 kind of the major areas where the FMCSA is sort of tighten things up. So, John, obviously we know that this freight down cycle has been particularly rough on the brokerage side of things. We saw a ton of operating authorities pop up in like 2020, 2021 when the freight market was hot. And we've seen some bigger names really struggle to stay afloat and some big names even fall apart during this freight cycle downturn. Are these rules tightenings now in response to the fact that we've seen some of these big names fold, still owing a lot of their carriers and drivers a pretty decent amount of money? Or was this kind of in the works before we saw a big freight market downturn that took a lot of these brokerages out of business? No, it was definitely in the works. Um, Although I have to say from 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 an FNCSA's point of view, it was sort of fat. I mean, they 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 um, it was uh, they started the, the, the notice, the initial notice in January. Um, the, the notice of proposed rulemaking was in January and then they waited, they, they had extended comment period in in the spring. Um, so in, and so now, now they've come out out with the, with the final rule. So actually in terms of the FMCSA, it was pretty, pretty quick, although, but to your point, it wasn't, it, it, this was been asked for by, uh, TIA, which wanted, which pushed for this, the, the broker association, they pushed for this actually 10 years ago because they want to. It's actually good for 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 them because they want to weed out the bad apples and you know make keep keep their um, you know keep the the broker segment you know legitimate. So 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 no, I guess it, it, it's it, this this was actually in the law back in 20, uh, a law signed by the president by Obama in 2012, the meaning to tighten the rules over uh, brokers and trustees. So. So it has been in the works for a long time, but in terms of actually, you know, the, from the, from, so I, so I, so in answer to your question, Kelly, sorry, this is taking long, but the answer to your question, it wasn't while, while this has been an issue that we've all been seeing, I, it could also be that they, they saw that and that was going on in the broker side with these broker failures and said, Hey, maybe, it, maybe it was the case that they weren't going to act, act on this as, you know, within this, this year. So that could have actually had an influence on them, even though this does more affect. This is more to weed out sort of the smaller type brokers that cut the the fly by night type brokers that come in and might fail quicker than a larger broker. Yeah, so we're going to have Ann Rinky on a little bit later on in the program. We can certainly go talk about this with the TI's perspective on it. Um, as far as um, uh, many of these, not many of these, but uh, a good deal of some of this legislation or some of this regulation, I should say, is very quick in terms of how it turns over. In other words, they're mentioning seven days uh, to get uh, you know a notice from, from the FMCSA taking seven days, more oversight, much more closely looking at the books from an FMCSA perspective. Uh, is this a lot more work for the department as a whole to, to regulate this, or is this something that is not going to take that much more effort to do this much more work in regulating the, the brokerage industry from a financial perspective? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. It is more work. I, I, it, I, and they did, they did make note that the cost of this, every time they do a regulation, they actually have to put what the costs and benefits are, um, benefits here being mostly for the, for the motor carriers, but, 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 um, the costs involved that they listed, I think it was I'm trying to remember, I think it was like, like $5 million, 
uh, over, over, I, I can't remember, but it was five, uh, maybe five to $10 million. But the, co- but the cost was in terms of uh, ramping up staffing at the FMCSA to kind of deal with this oversight. So there's, there's a definite cost involved. Now, whether, whether you know, several million dollars, I mean, that, 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 that's actually, for the FMCSA, for a small agency, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a lot of money. So that's a good point that this will need more money to kind of make sure that they do this oversight that they're, that they're putting in place. It's going to be interesting to watch for sure, John. And of course, everybody now has to wonder, does this have any play on potentially reducing double brokering? Just just like on a side-by-side type of thing, right? You figure if you reduce some fraud on one side, it would bring down some fraud on the others. Is that something that we could possibly see? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. That, that I, I think when you... Um, Although I, I, I don't know, it's a good. That's a good question too. Uh, again, this was this was more to keep carriers from not getting paid um, after things kind of start to go south for a broker. So I don't know. In terms of double brokering, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to affect that or not. That's a, but it's a good. It's a good question though. Good we'll have to see if it uh, anecdotally it does that at yeah. the end. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly. Certainly with those fly-by-night brokers and thinking you can jump in, maybe you see some nefarious moves there, but nevertheless. John, thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Thanks, you guys. And as we mentioned, we will have Anne Rinke here in our second hour to talk about her perspective on this. Right now, we're going to go on over to The Wall. Tony Mulvey and Donnie Gilbert are here for your first carrier update this morning.